I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We're back. We do it again for topsport.com.au. This is the Supercoach365 podcast. Ryan and Tommy Hudson here down the line to talk everything Supercoach heading into round 21. But round 20, Tommy, it was highlighted by one man and one man only. We say it, we've said it a couple of times this year already, but Tom Dravojevic, he just continues to redefine what's possible. Yep. Good day, Ryan. Absolutely unbelievable yesterday. Uh, I know a lot of people were probably spewing that they couldn't loop him. Um, sorry, couldn't loop Cody Walker, and they had to cop, I suppose, turbo score. But geez, 226. I guess you're absolutely thrilled now if you if you kept the captain on him. And yeah, he only played 68 minutes as well. So who knows what he could have got if he played the full 80? Yeah, and it sparked a bit of debate today. Uh, you would have seen across our social channels as you listen to this, or well, yesterday as you listen to this. Uh, on Wednesday morning, but uh, Tuesday afternoon we put it out there. Does the super coach system need to change? And uh, we'll talk a little bit of that in a moment's time. But uh, you mentioned Cody Walker. They're a massive effort by he and the South uh, Rabbitohs against the Dragons. They just continue to pile on the points. They do it so well. And uh, emerging as, speaking in the Olympics parlance, uh, as, as we do in this time of the year, they're the genuine bronze medal favourites at the moment, but can they uh, challenge the likes of Penrith and the Storm on the back of what you've seen at the weekend, do you think? Uh, I want to see them do it against a good team. So the last few weeks they've beat up against the Warriors and the Dragons and it's been great to watch from a neutral perspective, but I think they need to go in another gear to, verse, to beat the likes of Melbourne and Penrith. But hey, when you've got Latrell firing and Cody... You never know. The two players we mentioned already here is uh, Cody and and Tommy as well. And obviously great to see Ryan Pappenhausen back at the weekend. Nico Hines, not the beneficiary of Pappenhausen returning, but these sort of players with high ceilings. It did spark this conversation which we're having uh, today. And I caught up with the super coach Whisperer uh, earlier this afternoon to talk a little bit of this in the scoring system and what that may look like in 2022. But 
from your end, mate, and I know predominantly uh, we've played draft the last couple of years, but uh, from the classic side of things, or draft for that matter, do you think that there needs to be a little bit of an overhaul or an inquisition as to how uh, these points or the, the scoring system comes to be in 2022? Because, or do we just need to adjust uh, you know, to what we're seeing from these players? Because it is a year like none other. Yeah, I'm a bit on the fence because I do understand why there is calls for it and Definitely, like some of the scores this year, the fact we've had the record set twice with scores over 200 um, and Turbo now averaging 135, that just speaks for itself. I guess the new rules have definitely played a part, but I don't know. Are we being maybe too reactionary in changing the scoring system on one year? Should we wait maybe another year and see what happens? Or do we just bite the bullet and do it? I'm not sure. I suppose this time a year ago, two RFs and Fords were pretty much as valuable as attacking players. But now, obviously, that's very lopsided towards the attackers. But, yeah, I'm a little on the fence. Where are you placed? Probably, I think there needs to be maybe a little bit to change. But, again, what that looks like, uh, you and I are probably not ones to make that decision. But all in all, I think, as you say there, uh, in the past, we've favoured, or you've particularly favoured, when we did our top 20 draft picks to start the year, uh, what that might have looked like. I think we might have had one centre winger each, uh, maybe two combined. Um, I think that would look very different if we were to do that list now uh, for next year, uh, what those high ceiling players and where they'd rank amongst it all. Uh, That being the case, though, it was another high scoring week, as we say, and Tommy Turbo, he headed it off as a lot of people's captains, mine included. Uh, Massive score. uh, I was lucky enough to produce on the back of Tommy. But how did you go, uh, Tommy, last week or a week just gone uh, on the back of uh, these high scoring players? Where'd you finish up? Yeah, top 2% with uh, 1558. So obviously a, a great score, but this year you need to be absolutely incredible be the top one percent uh turbo obviously the star of the show but i only have uh one trade left i've left myself in a very bad position so i need to really hang on for the next five weeks big scores it's funny uh, you're talking to people today about what they've uh got from the past week around 20 just gone or even weeks before that and you know, they say, oh, yeah, I got 14, uh, 1,400. It was a, a bit of a bad week, whereas in the past, if you were doing that, you were flying. Uh, 16.08 for myself, uh, charging on the cusp of the top 1,000, 1,006 a season rank and top 1% overall with 25,645. So doing okay, um, but as you say there, uh, trades are getting uh, thin. Uh, I've only got one after my two this week, and we'll get into those a little bit later. We have already touched on this a little bit, Tommy, in terms of the scoring system, and before we get into our talking points in our round 21 preview, I guess I want to tidy this up just a little bit more because I think there's something that maybe isn't being considered, and that is the effect of these new rules and the quickest speed rewarding uh, the attacking play. Is it a case, do you think, of players, super coach players like you and I, needing to adjust to new rules and, I guess, shifting the balance from what has been in the past traditionally players that score well, such as your Ryan Madisons, your Angus Crichtons, Tohu Harris. Um, do we need to just take it for what it is? It is a game at the end of the day. Take it a little bit less serious and just say, look, this is the way it's going to be played from here on out. Well, I think we're going to have to be forced to because uh, next year the prices of players like Trebojevic and like Cleary are going to be astronomical. You may not be able to fit both in your team as it is anyway. Uh, probably at the start of this year, you could really pick who you wanted in the backs, but now it's not going to be the case. I think the changes we're going to have to make are really for draft competitions. I know in our comp, a lot of people went for forwards earlier. I myself went for a hooker and Damian Cook, but obviously if I had my time over again next year, I'd be looking at a player like Trebojevic or Cleary or someone that can produce a score over 100 on a regular basis. And that's going to be 
even more important, I think, uh, next year. And I know our draft leagues plays captains, and uh, I don't think anyone could have anticipated what this year would have looked like in terms of these high-ceiling players just going above and beyond anything that we've seen in the past. But uh, definitely, I think, more implications for draft leagues as opposed to classic comps, as you say. I think a lot of people, the majority, uh, 41% of people who owned Tommy Turbo last night would have had him as captain um, spewing if uh, you would have looped Cody Walker, and I know plenty would have with that score of 151. Uh, you couldn't blame them. But I guess on the back of this, Tommy, uh, it's it's easy to ask a question without having the answers. But uh, if you were to make one or two changes yourself uh, going forward into next year, is it a case of just you know making tries worth a little bit less or rewarding different areas of the game, such as a quick play the ball or a one-on-one steal? What is it that you'd like to see in 2022? Yeah, look, I, honestly, it stumped me. I'm not Tom Sangster, unfortunately. I'm Tom Hudson, but <laughs> I'm not on the money he's on probably. But uh Look, the only thing I'd probably say is what you've said there. Maybe you do reduce some of the attacking stats. If you want to go down this route, perhaps things like line breaks could be worth a little bit less, but then that could also impact your forwards as well. So it's it's a really hard one to balance. I think, yeah, as you say, it's you don't want to detract from one area thinking that it's going to, I guess, lessen the impact of players like Josh Adokar or Alex Johnson, uh, Brian or these players who are scoring a lot of tries because that could take away, in theory, from players, traditionally speaking, that that's... Uh, I guess more safer scorers such as your Angus Crichtons who is still a pretty attacking second row option as I said a little bit earlier I did talk about this in some detail with the super coach Whisperer I'm sure you're familiar with his work at SC Whisperer Uh, get him across all of the socials and you can listen to that podcast you can get it at his feeds at SC Whisperer Uh, let's get into our talking points Tommy uh, as we keep this rolling on here uh, ahead of our round 21 preview but our talking points and there are a couple here on the back of uh, what was an explosive weekend for many reasons with injuries and high scoring and everything else to come with it. Uh, let's start here at the top. Uh, Kurt asks us, with uh, Kurt was spelt with about 17 Ts, uh, do I use my last trade on Dane Laurie when I don't have a sub front rower? Uh, injuries are really starting to cripple people. Tommy, we saw that last week with the amount of these keepers uh, inverted commas their keepers the players that you wouldn't have traded out otherwise who are currently injured uh, Cleary springs to mind Sean Johnson injured gone down uh, obviously Brent or uh, Alex Johnston as well out of action at the moment but to answer this question would you be burning his last trade here on Dane Laurie out without having the sub front rower I think it's a, it's a hard one to answer because we don't obviously don't know the full complexion of the team is there a backup CTW or is there a dual position second row forward which you could shift forward but all in all Tommy let's just talk a little bit more generally here on this one I think should you be using your last trade in round 21 with still uh, five or, or four, you know, the better part of five rounds to play? Yeah, I've been asking myself this all week and I, I think I've probably got to the point where I'm just going to hold it until I absolutely have to, until I can't pretty much field at 17 scores for one week. So if uh, Kurt with 17 tees can still field a team without Laurie there, maybe just hold on because you might have bigger problems in the future. Yeah, look, it's funny. I... I I agree with you 100% there. I think particularly heading into the last two weeks of the competitions, around 24, 25, you start to see players rest. Melbourne of, I guess, synonymous with resting players in that last week, and Cameron Munster is one that springs to mind. I don't think he's played round 25 or the last 
regular season game for the Storm in the last three seasons. So you could expect players like Munster, maybe Cody Walker, these players, Tommy Turbo may even get a rest in this final week if uh, their place on the ladder is short up. But uh, yeah, save it. I think our advice there until you absolutely have to burn it. Uh, we mentioned Munster getting a rest there and uh, his halves partner Jerome Hughes might be out of action this weekend as well. And Alex Brigger asks us here, if Hughes is fit to play this week, Obviously uh, has that calf complaint, but if he is fit, is he a buy? Uh, and is Ponga the next, or is Ponga set to be the next best fullback with on the run home? Uh, I guess looking at that first point there, Tommy, around Jerome Hughes, if he's fit this week, is he a buy? I think he probably emerged as one of the best halfbacks, if not the best replacement for Cleary when Cleary went down. But maybe that ship sailed, and DCE, I guess he's putting up a pretty strong fight in that race as well. Yeah, well, you can't knock Hughes at all, 100%. I wish I did have him. I unfortunately waited too long, and now I probably can't fit him in. But um, possibly with Cleary on the radar, he's named in the 21 this week. Maybe you just hold out and try a forward Cleary next week. Uh, as for Ponga, he's yeah he's flying for sure, but he, I probably have him ranked third behind Turbo and Latrell, but yeah, I still couldn't knock anyone with Ponga in their side. I think uh, Ponga owners, if you own him now, you'd be hoping that something just goes a little bit amiss with Jake Clifford in terms of his uh, kicking in the weeks to come because I think that's the one thing that would stop me from going to Ponga, uh, or sorry, to Ponga from Latrell if I had the trades to spare. Obviously, it would be a luxury at this point to trade um, but obviously, uh, Alex, I assume he might be playing with someone like a Will Kennedy or a Dane Laurie who's just got injured. So uh, if you are looking to go to Ponga or Latrell, I'm with Latrell. Tommy, you're with Latrell. And I think all in all, we're just basing this off Latrell's ability to score tries, but also to set them up down that left side with Alex Johnston. Another question here uh, is James Hardiman, or Jay Hardiman, in fact, that is, uh, asks us thoughts on Schuster to KP via Dewey and JFH to Frizz. Uh, plenty of balls up in the air there. Uh, Schuster to KP via Dewey. Obviously moving Dewey from or to 5'8 from fullback, or to fullback rather, uh, Schuster there. Schuster probably been a little bit down on his best. Uh, saying that, he's still scoring 60 points per game, but... Um, you, you see it with Dewey and, and Ponga, for that matter, scores in the 90s last week. It's, it's silly, isn't it, Tommy? You're almost at this point of the year. You need players hitting or that can hit 90 to 100 plus every week, if not every second week, um, at a bare minimum. Yeah, 100% you do. You've got people like Turbo going that big. You need people to offset him if you don't have him. But, um, yeah, look, Schuster, you mentioned maybe a bit below best, perhaps, but he's still scoring well, as you say. He's a bit heart and mouth to watch. He's constantly holding the ball in one hand. I don't know if Des is going to give him a wrap across the knuckles for doing that or not, but look, he couldn't uh, couldn't say no to him and your team if you really wanted him. Dewey's flying as well. West's are pretty, pretty ordinary, as we saw the other night, but he's basically a one-man team for them. As for James Fisher-Harris, I don't know when he's back. Uh, I think he's still... Is he in the back in the bubble? Do we know that yet? Uh, he's not playing this week. I think they've named TPJ to play off the bench. And uh, given what's going on in New South Wales at the moment, I think they will, they will make JFH go back up, particularly if the grand final is in Queensland, which we... Uh, it's the favourite to be up in Queensland at this stage. Uh, Frizzell, he's been scoring well. I think he got 70 or thereabouts on the weekend without a try. So big minutes and getting through that sort of tough stuff like JFH does. A bit sideways move, but yeah, with JFH, if you're desperate for, I guess, a solid 70, you could do worse than to go to Tyson Frizzell. Just on Schuster there before we move on, uh, I think he's got a three-round average of, geez, close to quick math is about 75 
Uh, and in saying that, his overall season average is 67, which to put that into perspective would have been the third highest average for a 5.8 in 2020, but just behind Munster and Cody Walker, of course. So uh, funny the way that we look at this 12 months down the track as to what is a good average for a 5.8 or a 2RF in uh, Schuster's case. Next one here from uh, NRL924 asks, keep Jaden Braley or go to Connor Watson, or sorry, or Connor Watson, maybe having to pick between one or the other. Who are they going to sell this week? I think the fact Braley's out this week and his form's been down, Probably prefer to keep Connor Watson here. What about you, Tommy? Yeah, Braley was great at the start of the year. I owned him and I was super excited with how he was going. But yeah, the last probably six weeks, he's struggling to get above 50. And Connor Watson uh, named in the 13 this week, as opposed to Braley, who's out, like you said. I think Watson's playing pretty well and the Knights have a great run home. So uh, probably get on Watson's train there. Yeah, I think Braley's form is probably reflective of the Knights' decline throughout that middle part of the year, isn't it? Um, He obviously came out of the gates and averaged more than 70, I think it was, for the first five weeks or close enough to and um, was almost a must-have. He looked an out-and-out keeper throughout the whole season. I've held him to this point because of no other options, really. Uh, Reed Marnie, I, I'm playing as my predominant hooker for the run home, but yeah, Braley will sit there for mine, uh, but won't begrudge you if you are to trade him out in favour of Connor Watson or keeping Connor Watson there. Nipper underscore Simpson asks us, when you bring in, sorry, who you bring in, and when's Cleary back? Uh, we'll get into our trades a little bit later, but you've already answered this one, Tommy, and Cleary in Jersey 21, it's it's... I guess it's good and bad news for super coaches if you're owning it. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know. You wouldn't imagine he plays this week. I'm just going off what Nathan uh, Ivan Cleary said the past few weeks. He hasn't sounded keen on his chances of returning soon, but then he has been named in the 21. I don't know if they bother rushing him back really. What's the point when they're going to make the top four anyway? But I think uh, next week, as in round 22, you should see him named in the seven. And again, that's probably when you want him there, right? Uh, particularly for draft players uh, who would be licking their lips with... Cleary, I know he's been injured, but he hasn't, you know, the rest of the body hasn't been copying these blows for the past, what is it, three or four weeks, whatever it was since Origin uh, Origin 2, I think it was. He hasn't played since Origin 2. Um, anyway, whatever it is, he's going to come back. He's going to be feeling fit and fresh, I think, for a, a run at the final series for the Panthers, but also uh, doing good things for super coaches as well. Uh, Logan Nosty here, he says, I bought Hughes when Cleary got out. <laughs> Some great uh, great questions here. Uh, I bought Hughes when Cleary got out. Now that Jerome's out, should I get Cleary back when he's back? Uh, we've kind of already answered that a little bit there. Uh, I would give it one week, though, on Cleary, given that high break even and set to lose some money. Well, if you can afford it, yeah. But I think a lot of... Oh, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself, but I can't afford to get Cleary back through just getting rid of Hughes. But, uh, yeah, that would be the uh, likely outcome. I think Hughes is playing this week, is he not? Yeah, his name there... I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's it's confusing. It's believe who you want, I think, in terms of Jerome Hughes. Will he play? Will he won't? Melbourne generally pretty good on this front. I don't think they're, I guess, the Roosters in you know, years gone by have been arguably one of the worst clubs in terms of their injuries and transparencies. I can't remember Melbourne naming a player who then hasn't come out to play uh, intentionally, at least, uh, or at least when there's been some doubt. So Hughes named in seven. Uh, probably wants to play this week. Uh, a good game it is against the the Seagulls they have. So uh, to answer the question there, I will say no. Don't buy Cleary this week unless it is your last trade and you're going to be playing with him for the rest of the year anyway. If not, give him a week, let him lose some cash and then get him in 
uh, maybe at a cheaper price. Last one here, Tommy, uh, and take this one for what you want. Uh, not really a question, says Adam Blundell, but you guys are the best. Thank you for all the podcasts this year. Flame emoji. Bit of positive feedback from the punters. Yeah, it's great to see. Uh, it's not too hard for us, really. We pretty much talk to each other about Supercoach all week long, so to do it for 40 minutes on a microphone isn't too different, but uh, we really appreciate the positive feedback. Yeah, big thanks, Adam, and uh, anyone else who wants to get their feedback in, good and bad, uh, happy to take it on board ahead of uh, what would be an even bigger 22 season. Uh, Before we get into that, of course, round 21 this week, uh, let's get into that. More pressing, of course, it gets underway on Thursday night. The Knights themselves up against the Broncos, this one at uh, the Sunshine Coast as it is at the moment and very quickly this may change. Uh, The Knights, firm favourites here on the back of that surprise win, it must be said, over the Raiders last week. $1.29 to $3.70 on the head-to-head on topsport.com.au. The line, plus 11.5 to the Katoni Stags-less Brisbane Broncos who looked uh, impressive last week, but he's such a big part of that team and they're going to miss him this week. Yeah, he's a big out. Uh, I do think, though, the Knights, they're shaping really well all of a sudden. Uh, they've been disappointing throughout the year, but if you look at their run home, they've got the Broncos twice. I think they have possibly the Bulldogs. They've got the easiest run home out of any team. And Mitchell Pierce is back this week. Perhaps even Mitchell Pierce could be a, a sneaky little point of difference as a halfback. What do you think? Definitely. He obviously falls into that cheaper category below, uh, well, obviously below Cleary, but below Hughes and Cherry Evans and obviously with Johnson gone now, Nick Arima has just fallen off the cliff. Um, yeah, definitely a, a smoky. Maybe give him a week back just to see how he comes back from injury, but if he performs well and you can get him at a, a good enough price and you want to finish off with the Knights, given that good run, uh, could do worse than Mitchell Pierce. I want to ask you about Bradman Best, Tommy. He came back in fine style last week. You own him in draft and um, will be a popular pickup I think this week for a lot of classic players you must have been I guess it would have been bittersweet watching Bradman tear up your Raiders last week because he's just he's a beast on that left side and when he's playing well when Pong is playing well you can make a case well as I did at the start of the year I had them in the top four fully fit I thought they could make a serious run at this competition but not to be but Bradman he's a, he's a big piece in their puzzle yeah and it was it was great to see him come back and be at his best, really, because he looked like an absolute beast on that left edge. And with the run home that we've already spoken about, he's he's probably a great option in the CTW with player like Dane Laurie going down. If you can get to best, well, definitely go for that. Yeah, uh, very cheap as well, and he made a little bit of cash. He must have had a huge break even last week. Um, as I said, we'll get into our trades a little bit later, but Bradman Best would be a popular pickup this week. Uh, news just through from the NRL is Jared Warrior Hargraves cleared at the judiciary tonight. Um, so some good news there for Jared owners, and he's been doing good things for the Roosters. And Joey Johns named him this week as the best Kiwi player he's ever seen play, and that was in front of uh, the likes of Stacey Jones and maybe two of ours as Sheck. So a massive wrap for Jared. Good to see him playing for the Roosters this weekend. Uh, next game, though, on Friday, the early evening game, the Raiders up against the Dragons. Raiders just disappointing. The Dragons even more disappointing. Uh, two teams that really need to win to figure in that top eight debate, both on 18 points, I think, uh, heading into this one. Uh, the Raiders' favourites here, dollar twenty-nine head-to-head, three dollars seventy. The Dragons, uh, but it could be a, team, a case of this one: not who is the better team, but who is less shit, uh, for want of a better term. <laughs> ben Hunt a massive out for the Dragons. Yeah, I think that's the factor that really should see us win. I hope uh, Ben Hunt is pretty much the glue that holds the Dragons together, and now he's 
gone for pretty much the season unless they make the finals. So that's a huge out. Zach Lomax is back, so he's another one that you could look at to fill the uh, CTW void. Uh, Jack Burt, named at fullback, is a very, very strange one. When you've got Matt Dufty in, in your team, um, obviously Matt Dufty must be off with the Dragon staff because why you wouldn't pick him at the moment is uh, beyond me. Yeah, I asked this question to someone last week. I said, how much of a shit bloke must you be? He's arguably their best player, maybe second only to Ben Hunt, I think at least, in terms of scoring points and getting them to a win. Because when things get dark for the Dragons, the commentators say, oh, well, Matt Dufty needs to go to the length and he probably needs to do it two or three times. Uh, Jack Bird at fullback, I think the last time he would have played there would have been for the Broncos in a preseason game maybe before he did his ACL. Uh, so not familiar with the role. It is like a second 5-8th, and he did play 5-8th in his time at the Sharks. But, yeah, I mean, you've kind of hit it there on the head in terms of Matt Dufty, what he means to this team. A big one here, though, for the Raiders, especially from uh, this super coach uh, perspective, is Corey Harawira and Naira back on the bench. We've seen the Raiders, uh, I guess, jumble their bench and their edges who starts, or particularly... Uh, well, now it's Hudson Young into the back row from Locke to make way for Ryan Sutton, who's back. But, yeah, super coaches won't be happy with this news of uh, Harawir and Naira back onto the bench. Now, they really chopped and changed between Young and CHN all year. Um, I was keen CHN early, and then I moved to Young and tried to follow where Ricky's gone. But, uh, yeah, interesting. He'll probably come off the bench and have a pretty good impact, but it's bad for owners for sure. Uh, at the same time, though, for the Dragons, uh, some other, I guess, uh, implications of that uh, barbecue uh, a couple of weeks back is Jared Beal is missing uh, so to Josh Kerr I think and Tyrell Sloan I don't think he was tied up in that but he won't play here so uh, one that you might find on the waivers early tomorrow morning or early this morning as you listen to this next game up is the Eels and the Rabbitohs the Eels very disappointing last week I thought in that big big loss to the Roosters but you called it last week Tommy you were keen on the Roosters in that one you thought the Eels might be just off the boil a bit and up against the team that are running red Hot the Rabbitohs here again, uh, lopsided favourites. A dollar thirty-six they start. They give away eight and a half uh, at the line. Uh, if we're if we're judging form purely off what we saw last weekend, you'd think the Rabbitohs do this one quite well. Yeah, they they probably will, but uh, I don't know. This is what I was mentioning before about South. This is the sort of game where I want to see them, you know, play their best and really put away a good team like Para. It's all good to beat the Dragons by forty points, but. Parramatta, although they're not going that well, they get Moses back. I think there'll be a lot more of a of a challenge for South. Moses is obviously a massive in, but the Eagles have such a hard run home. I probably wouldn't really look at Moses as an option in Supercoach. No, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people would have pinpointed the Eels draw at the start of the year and if not for that difficult run home you could probably make a case for the likes of Gutho and Moses and I guess make a Sevo just fallen off the boil so to Blake Ferguson Dylan Brown he's just a shadow of his 2020 self not anywhere near uh, what we saw from him last year for the Rabbitohs uh, Alex Johnston still not named which sees Josh Mansell hold his spot on that left wing Tane Milne into the centres with Campbell Graham uh, still missing through that HIA knocky suffered a couple of weeks ago against the Bulldogs I think it was up there on the Gold Coast next game here first game on Saturday afternoon is as we go through NRL.com the Warriors up against the Sharks two sides that a mere month ago were fighting it out for a place in the top eight the Warriors now look like uh, well and truly a bottom four team losing a lot of talent and maybe this time away from New Zealand is just really starting to catch up on them. Yeah, well, I think pretty much every other team in the league would have beaten them last week. I don't know how the Tigers didn't. I think it was more reflection on the Tigers than the Warriors. 
I suppose it was brave to win, but I don't think they were that good, really. Uh, the Sharkies were okay against Manly. Manly are just playing incredible, but, you know, the Sharkies did a good job. Braden Trindle is doing a nice job, actually, and the Sharks have a good run home, so he might pick up some points as the uh, weeks go on. For the Warriors, some big ins back. Uh, AFB, CHT, uh, and Matt Lodge, who I can't make a, a double barrel last name for there. Josh Curran as well uh, into the back row, and Bailey Sirinan to wear jersey 13. Uh, he's been doing that Tohu Harris sort of role, uh, making his tackles and getting through the shit stuff in the middle. Uh, we won't give a tip on that one. It's uh, like Sharks are heavy favourites and probably should win, but. Uh, yeah, maybe just too many points for the Warriors side, which is only too happy to concede at the moment. Roosters and Panthers, uh, this one has all the makings of uh, a finals preview for the Panthers. As we said, the big name back on the bench is uh, Nathan Cleary in Jersey 21. We hope that he plays in terms of uh, getting back to his best before the finals. But TPJ here for the Panthers as well. The Roosters were impressive last week against the Eels. Uh, this makeshift team, the Roosters, they just keep stringing it together somehow. It's a real testament to what they've done uh, to still be in the conversation at this time of the year. Yeah, and I actually think they're probably playing the best footy they've played all year at the moment. I really think that win the other night was was very impressive. Eagles weren't great, but the Roosters still to keep them to zero and score a fair few tries of their own. I thought it was a great effort. Uh, for the Panthers, they look a little bit stronger this week with uh, Coruscant back as well as Isaiah Yo, but they're still missing... Obviously, Fisher-Harris is their inspirational leader, and Crichton has also been suspended. So, yeah, look, looks a great game on paper. Really looking forward to it. This game, obviously, last year in that final series was one plays four, and uh, we get a little bit of taste of the finals this weekend. I think the top six teams all play each other in one form or another. I think it's uh, one plays six, and two might play five, and three plays four. One of those games, 1v6, it is Manly and the Storm. Sixth placed Seagulls. Did you think we'd be saying that after four or five weeks? Uh, purely and simply one man has carried them to this place on the ladder Tommy Dravojevic we spoke about him at the top but I just don't think it can be underestimated what we're seeing here it is truly something that we're going to be talking about for the next 10 years yeah absolutely I, I can't say you're wrong there that's it's just incredible honestly I was talking to you last night about it there's only been three scores below 100 this year by him and that one of them was a 95 he averages 135 uh it's just unbelievable really he's the one man wrecking ball for Manly and I suppose everyone last week was talking up sort of Penrith versus the Storm as potential game of the year candidate but I think this one is probably better because Manly look full strength the storm of full strength this is going to be an excellent game it's a pity it can't be at uh, Brookvale Oval where it was probably meant to be but uh, it'll still be a great game nonetheless and we're going to get a real indication this week of how serious Manly actually are I think we mentioned Souths there maybe being the leading contender uh, for running down or at least having the firepower to run down Storm or Panthers in a big game but even though they're placed six at the moment I feel Seagulls uh, maybe the fourth most likely and purely off the back of what they can do with Tom and DCE when they're fully fit uh, Garrick and Saab speed on the wings uh, yeah I mean they, they have the points but do they have the defence we're going to find that out this weekend for the Storm Nico Hines retains that jersey number one with Ryan Pappenhausen in the 17 but as we said some doubt around Jerome Hughes being fit to play so you think a, a slight or I guess an easy transition it would be for Hines to jump into the halves. Justin Hines, what you saw last week, is that enough, do you think, to think, well, his value or his money-making potential, his high-scoring potential, have we seen the back of that from Nico Hines right now? I think we have, yeah. Um, I'm surprised he's not on the bench this week. 
it could be a late switch by Bellamy. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think Pappenhausen being starting fullback is inevitable. And even if he isn't, we saw the other day that Hines is off for about 40 minutes. So, yeah, look, it's probably the end for Hines being one of the best players in Supercoach game. So, look, it's probably the time to sell is now if you can. For, for Ryan Pappenhausen, um, he was an out-and-out superstar to start the year. And the way we're talking about Tommy Travojevic now was how we were talking about Pappenhausen in rounds one to five. For mine, I think he just has to be in jersey number one. I know we've debated about this uh, off-air, Tommy, about, well, why would they change things with Nico Hines and why would they bring Pappenhausen back into jersey number one? And obviously, I have a little bit of a vested interest here because I'm a massive Paps fan. I own him in draft. All of that aside, I just think he was rivaling what we've seen from Tommy to start the year, as I said. But he was people were asking, well, should he start ahead of Teddy for the Blues in jersey number one? Like what we were seeing from Hines isn't I – st- I still don't think it's what, as good as what we've seen from Pappenhausen to start the year. No, I guess Bellamy's just really trying to wrap him in cotton wool and get him back very slowly. You know, the grand final's, what, eight weeks away. He's just got that in mind, I guess. Hines can do an amazing job at fullback. He, he showed that during – Pappenhausen's absence, they're winning every game by 30 or 40. So they really they don't lose much by Hines being at fullback. But yeah, you're probably right. As soon as Paps is 100% comfortable, he'll be back in the number one. I don't think it'll be too long. I, I don't think it can be too long before we see Ryan Pappenhausen back in his preferred number one. And I'm just thinking, you know, from his perspective, he doesn't want to come off the bench, Pappenhausen. He's an out-and-out starter. And I know he bided his time down there behind Slater, behind Hughes, and obviously Hughes made his way into the halves, and Drinkwater was even in front of him uh, at some stage as well. But I don't think it'll be too long before we see Ryan Pappenhausen back in jersey number one, or at least in that starting fullback role. It could be this weekend. Before we move on from the storm, Tommy, I want to ask you about Cameron Munster. Uh, at the start of the year, it was kind of we, we said you had to make the choice between Munster and Walker to start the year. I think we both sided with Walker. Uh, but Cameron Munster, he's had his times this year where he looked the out-and-out best 5-8 in, in the world. But I think that considered, though, that said, what he's producing in recent times is probably if you're owning him and you've held him throughout the whole year, you might be a little bit disappointed with what you're getting back from Munster, particularly when we say players like Dewey um, and other names throwing up, even Josh Schuster at that 5'8 slot. They're producing bigger numbers than what Cameron Munster is. Yeah, well, it's funny. You look at him in isolation, like, as I am right now, on a 71 average, you, you probably don't complain if you get that at the start of the year. But then, like you said, the bar has really been raised this year and players like Walker and now Dewey even have just gone above and beyond the expectation and Munster probably hasn't done the same. So, yeah, he hasn't gone as well as his counterparts, but he still hasn't disgraced himself by any means. Yeah, I think that 71 average is just about bang on with what his average was in 2020. But you put that into perspective of how other players around him have uh, have have lifted their games and their averages. I think if you're not going forwards, you're going backwards. Uh, Cody Walker has taken his average from 74 at the end of last year to 82 this year. Obviously helped by that big score at the weekend, but it is a sign of the times that players are obviously scoring more and will continue to score more. But Cameron Munster maybe just doesn't have that same impact in that team of stars, which... I mean, they're all taking points off each other, aren't they? Yeah, that's another factor as well. You've got Nico Hines, who's been a mammoth in the past 10 weeks, getting massive scores, and Pappenhausen at the start of the year was doing the same, and then even the hookers, Grant and Smith, go big. So there's so much competition there at Storm for the big score. That game, as we say there, Saturday night, the primetime slot, uh, Melbourne star favourites, $1.28, and the line, minus 12.5. I'll tell you what, 12.5, that's a big line in that game, I feel, because... I think converse or conversely to the other teams that uh, the Storm have been playing and they've been putting away, I think Manly have points in them. 
uh, and Storm have shown in the past that they can concede two, three tries a game. So that might be uh, a little bit of too much or too big of a start. I could be made to look very silly here, but uh, I do think Manly can get within that 13-point margin. Next game here on Sunday afternoon, this one could be anything really. The West Tigers up against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. From what we saw last weekend from the Tigers, they do not deserve to start this one. A dollar fifty favourites. It doesn't matter if they were playing the Camden Rams under twelves. They couldn't be a dollar forty nine favourites. I don't think from what we saw last week, they just know how to lose a game which they should win. Yeah, well, we go from Manly versus Melbourne, one of the games of the year, to probably the least inspiring game of the year: Bulldogs versus Tigers. The worst part about this is we're all stuck in lockdown, so we're gonna have to watch it. But uh, yeah, look, look, you watch the Dogs against the Gold Coast. It just can't score a point barely, and then the Tigers the other night. Oh my God, I'm, I'm never backing them again ever. That was the final straw for the West Tigers for me. Having Not having a player at dummy half with three minutes left, that was absolute rock bottom. So, yeah, I don't know. Who, who do you want to back here, mate? Put someone on the line. It's, comic, it's comical, isn't it? Because we laugh now, and, and it is a bit of a joke. But, I mean, their season, they were playing to get within striking distance of the top eight. And now suddenly they're a vital two points against a rival in that same space that they're not going to get back. The Bulldogs, I just think they're... I don't know. I'll never write the Bulldogs off because as, as bad as they are, they have a go. And I know they were pretty shocking against the Titans. They don't have the points in them that maybe the Tigers do. But we've seen the Bulldogs come into games like this. I just think back to that game against the Sharks at the start of the year where I think they were $12 outsiders against the Sharks and they found a way to win. Even against Souths a few weeks back, I know they lost, but they really put up a fight for a good 70 minutes. So uh, I won't be putting a dollar on this game, but... Um, I'll be tipping the Titans, uh, sorry, the Tigers, but I won't be surprised if the Bulldogs get the points. Obviously, team news here, the big one from a super coach perspective, Moses Mbai to fullback to cover that injury to Dane Laurie, which in itself can't be understated. I think he was probably, if not their best throughout the course of the season, definitely on the podium, uh, maybe just behind Adam Dewey. What he brought to the Tigers team, Tommy, was something that they really needed at the back. Yeah, he was a great spark for them, and he's a big loss for super coach. As we mentioned a few times in this podcast, we're probably looking for someone to, I guess, replace him if you still had him. I think a lot of people still would have. Um, so, yeah, he's a big loss for them. Just on the dogs for one sec, they're probably the only player who's really excited me lately is that Bailey Beyond the Odo, who's actually pretty quick at a dummy half, and he starts at 5'8 this week, so maybe he's one to watch in the next sort of couple of years. Scored a couple of tries, uh, he has, uh, Beyond the Odo, since he's come on, and I actually remember seeing him in the Harold Matts. It would have been 2018. It was a long time ago, but he was the best player in that competition by some way. I think the Eels went on to win that comp. He was playing halfback, and I think he won man of the match in the grand final. So uh, big things from Beyond the Odo, and obviously uh, Matt Burton coming to the club next year and how that works with uh, Wakeham and Flanagan and all these other dynamics to go with it. But you wouldn't write off Beyond the Odo edging them all out and partnering Burton there uh, to start 2022. Last game of the round here, the Titans and the Cowboys, another Queensland derby for the Cowboys, backing up after that loss to the Broncos last week. Big name back for them in jersey number one, Valentine Holmes. Uh, otherwise, though, for the Titans, uh, I guess the reshuffle in the back line with Paddy Herbert coming back in, uh, Marju retains that spot on the wing. But uh, the halves, let's talk about the halves for the Titans, Tommy, because Toby Sexton, he's done enough, and obviously uh, Fogarty might still be injured, and he's coming on the extended bench. But uh, even if he was fully fit, I think there would have been a decision to be made there by the coach. I think he is fully fit. I don't 
quote me 100%, but I'm pretty sure last night on Fox, uh, Justin Holbrook said that it was really a shootout between Sexton and Fogarty to see who would wear the seven this week, and Sexton's obviously one out there. He's played really well in his two games, and his goal kicking's excellent as well. I picked him up in a draft off the waivers, and I'm pre- he got 80, I think, against the Dogs, so I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, another good game against the Cowboys probably this weekend too. Yeah, you'd be expecting it. And uh, Dry track on the Gold Coast on Sunday afternoon, you'd expect points. So, yeah, uh, well done to yourself and anyone else who managed to plug and play him in their draft leagues, or if even you had him as a cheap in the Classic, uh, not that you'd probably be trading him out now because you'd be playing for points on the run home, but... Uh, definitely a, a great pickup was Sexton. Rightio, Tommy, all of that considered. Uh, let's get into our, before we do our trades, let's talk our topsport.com.au, our best bets. A uh, bit of a disappointing week last week. Uh, you got a win up. You, you found the Roosters at a good head-to-head price. Uh, I backed some try scorers. Mansour, did he get a double? He did. Josh Adokar, he didn't score a try. So uh, we were one from two there, but you got uh, you found the Roosters at a nice price. What have you got for us this week? Yeah, well, I found the Roosters last week, and uh, they obviously played really well and got the two points. I'm probably going to go with them again, not head-to-head this week or you could play head-to-head if you want at $3.15, but more the line. I think nine and a half is a big start for them. Penrith are still missing a lot of their best players, as I mentioned earlier, and the Roosters are playing probably the best they've played all year. So put me down for the Roosters at the plus nine and a half. Yeah, uh, that sounds all well and good to me. I think, yeah, Roosters, particularly at the weekend, they showed that they can score points, but they're still as hungry to stop points as well. So if you're getting nine and a half start there for the Roosters, yep, yeah, well and good to you. I can see that one coming through. Uh, for mine, I'm just going to pick a couple of try scorers here. Really like the look of Bradman Best. We spoke about him at the top here, but running down that left side at the uh, makeshift Broncos right edge now that Katoni Staggs isn't there, you're getting better than even money uh, back for Bradman Best to score a try. So happy to be with Bradman. Uh, and again, just following uh, the south left edge, I think the, the left edge or the left winger has scored multiple tries in the past eight games. So let's uh, lock me in for Mansour to get another double this week. Running at Ferguson, who uh, is a little bit suspect in defence at the best of times. So multing those two up, uh, I dare say you'd be getting around 6-1 to one back. The, all of these odds and the full markets will be up on topsport.com.au, a little bit closer to kickoff uh, for round 21. Tommy, that brings us to arguably the most important part of all of this podcast is our trades, Supercoach trades for round 21. Uh, trades are an absolute premium this time of the year. So tell us, how many are you using, or if you're using any at all, and who are you bringing in? Yeah, well, I've only got one left. And uh, as I said before to one of our question askers, I think you should just wait with that trade until you absolutely have to. And I probably don't absolutely have to this week. I think I have 18 or 19 scores, which I'm going to get. So I'm just going to have to run with that. Um, I would like to get rid of Heinz, I think, but I probably just can't yet because I who knows what's going to happen in a few weeks you could get a massive injury to turbo or something so let's just wait and see yeah Hines is a real question mark for mine and I think there's there's probably two type of players out there uh, at this point of the year you've either got trades or you don't uh, and you either want to get to Cleary or you don't so for mine I think if you if you are playing that way Hines has to go this week. Uh, I think he's got a break-even of close to 200. Even if he scores his projected score of 97 uh, against Manly, which sounds probably a little bit easier than what it is, um, he won't be getting 97, particularly with his less minutes. Uh, He has to go. So for mine, Nico Hines is a sell, and it pains me, Tommy. (laughs) 
it pains me because Brian To'o is also leaving this team this week. I never thought I'd do it, but Brian is on his way out. Just have to bank this cash, have to get him off. So in doing that, I've done the maths here. Uh, Bradman Best is coming in. We've spoken enough about Bradman already. Um, he has to come in, I feel, at that cut price. I think he's around 382000 The Knights have that dream run, like you've said. And this one a little bit left field. Given I think Hughes is under a bit of doubt, I need to get someone else in to cover for an AE. Uh, I only have the four reserves, so I need to get someone else in. Uh, trading out Brian To'o to Moses Mbai. Now, that sounds stupid, but Moses Mbai, he scored a try last week. I think he had a hand in another for the Tigers. Uh, I was very confident on the Tigers' run home. I've been bullish about this. Got in uh, Dewey uh, in the past couple of weeks, Nofaluma as well, just playing that Tigers' spine here. When I say spine, the, the key point scorers at least. Dewey, Nofaluma, and Tigers. I'm just I'm just all in here on Mbai here. Um, two trades I'm using this week. It leaves me with one to get to Cleary. So that'll round me out, I feel, uh, barring any other major injuries. But uh, to recap, Nico Hines and Brian To'o out. Moses and Boy and Bradman Best in. It's an odd one. No, I like it because you've, you've really done well with your amount of trades there. I've left myself probably too short. I would have loved to have the option to get to Cleary in the money, but I don't, but you've done it well. Probably the only caution for you is investing so heavily on a team which lets you down nearly every week. Yeah, and I've, I've probably... You and I both, if you've listened to this podcast since January or February, whenever we kicked it off and we did our our team-by-team previews, we were bullish on the Tigers coming last. Like, we thought that they would rival the Broncos for the spoon at that time, Uh, and the Bulldogs now as well, obviously, but... Tigers are probably a little bit overperformed, and that's that's funny to say as they sit nowhere near the top eight at the moment. But yeah, I, I'm just playing the Tigers. I feel that that last month, particularly that last week, they've got the Bulldogs. What should be hopefully a sunny Sunday afternoon. Um, Laurie obviously going out opens the door for Mbai to play fullback. And if you're having this guy in your team, dual position, I think you could do worse at 255,000 for the last five weeks than to have Moses and Bai. For mine, it was Moses and Bai or Dean Eremiah. Uh, Eremiah, I think, obviously has played well to this point. A hat-trick last week, but the storm, that right edge. You'd think Jennings had come back at some point. Maybe even Remus Smith to the wing with Hines to centre uh, to accommodate that attacking force with Pappenhausen at the back. There's just too many question marks over Eremiah for mine. I need playing players, so Moses and by it is. Tommy, that wraps us up. A bumper edition, as we say. We've gone through plenty here and uh, plenty to look forward to ahead of round 21. A big thanks to your time. As I also said amongst all of this, uh, you can catch our special podcast. We collabed with the Supercoach Whisperer to talk high scoring in round 20 and whether or not that needs to change in season 2022. Uh, Good luck with your team this weekend. You can catch all of our uh, trades, our predictions and some other content before round 21 kicks off at Supercoach365. That's where you'll get us. Good luck this weekend. Good luck with the run into the finals. All eyes on Tommy Turbo and Nathan Cleary this weekend. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.